0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional, which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. Ready to get started this morning on another day. We are a pleasant 75 degrees today. And I actually had a dream last night that another hurricane was uh, upon us. I guess I'm thinking about what's going on up north. They got hit pretty hard. There was some damage up there, and I haven't caught up with everything going on up um, on the Baja. A lot of things going on. Well, hopefully you guys are having a a wonderful day as your day is getting going and having some nice weather as well. We want to um, get into the Word today and continue on in our reading and it's amazing we're right on the verge of of uh, November now it's pretty amazing uh, we're almost there as far as reading the Bible goes only only um, two months left after yeah we finish off October here so the dad joke for today I have the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban from the San Diego Zoo <laughs> Okay, I get it now. I just read that. I hadn't, I hadn't pre-read it. Okay. <laughs> Don't be taking hearts out of the zoo. Well, we're ready to get going with Jeremiah 18, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. And as always, God, it's your word. So open up our minds to it. These things are supernaturally discerned. The natural mind cannot discern them. It cannot apply them. So we pray, God, for your spirit to open these things up to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 18, the potter and the clay, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my words to you. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled In the hand of the potter, so he remade it into another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I might speak concerning a nation, or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull down or to destroy it. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the calamity I planned to bring on it, or at another moment I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant it. If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think of the good with which I had promised to bless it. So now then, speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning calamity against you, and devising a plan against you. O turn back each of you from his evil way. And Reform your ways and your deeds, but they will say it's hopeless, for we are going to follow our own plans, and each of us will act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord, ask now among the nations, whoever heard of the like of this? The Virgin of Israel has done a most appalling thing. Does the snow of Lebanon forsake the rock of the open country? Or is the cold flowing water from a foreign land ever snatched away for My people have forgotten me. They burn incense to worthless gods, and they have stumbled from their ways, from the ancient paths. They walk in bypaths, not on the highway, to make their land a desolation, an object of perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. Like an east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back and not my face. In the day of their calamity. Then they say, come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. Surely the law is not going to be lost to the priest, nor the counsel to the sage, nor the divine word to the prophet. Come on and let us strike at him with our tongue, and let us give no heed to any of his words. Verse 19, do not give heed to me, O Lord, and listen to what my opponents are saying. Should good be repaid with evil? For they have dug a pit for me. Remember how I stood before you to speak good on their behalf, so as to turn away your wrath from them. Therefore, give their children over to famine and deliver them up to the power of the sword, and let their wives become childless and widowed. Let their men also be smitten to death, their young men struck down by the sword in battle. May an outcry be heard from their houses, When you suddenly bring raiders upon them, for they have dug a pit to capture me, and hidden snares for my feet. Yet you, O Lord, know all their deeds, know all their deadly designs against me. Do not forgive their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight. But may they be overthrown before you. Deal with them in the time of your anger. Chapter 19. Thus says the Lord, Go and buy a potter's earthenware jar, and take some of the elders of the people and some of the senior priests. Then go out to the valley of Ben-Hinnom, which is by the entrance of the potsherd gate, and proclaim there the words that I tell you, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to bring a calamity upon this place. "...and which the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle, because they have forsaken me and have made this an alien place and have burned sacrifices on it to other gods that neither they nor their forefathers nor the kings of Judah had ever known. And because they have filled this place with the blood of the innocent..." They have built the high places of Baal and to burn their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal. A thing which I never commanded or spoke of, nor did it ever enter my mind. Therefore, behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when this place will no longer be called Topheth or the valley of Ben-Hinnom, but rather the valley of slaughter. I will make void the counsel of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hand of those who seek their life. I will give over their carcasses as food for the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth. I will also make this city of desolation an object of hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and hiss because of all of its disasters. I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and their daughters, and they will eat one another's flesh in the siege and in the distress with which their enemies and those who seek their life will distress them. Then you are to break the jar in the sight of the men who accompany you, and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Just so will I break this people in this city, even as one breaks a potter's vessel, which cannot again be repaired. And they will bury in Topheth, because there is no other place for burial. This is how I will treat this place and its inhabitants, declares the Lord. So as to make this city like Topheth, the house of Jerusalem, And the houses of the kings of Judah will be defiled like the place Topheth. Because of all the houses of whose rooftops they burned sacrifices to all the heavenly hosts and poured out drink offerings to other gods. Then Jeremiah came from Topheth, where the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I'm about to bring on this city and all its towns the entire calamity, and I've declared against it because they have stiffened their necks so as not to heed my words. A little known, forgotten history of my life. I used to be a potter through high school. I did a lot of pottery. I actually was um, an intern with a, a well-known potter in New Mexico. I was his protege. Never attained to greatness as a potter. I could, I could make some nice stuff, but not like, <laughs> not like the guy I worked for. He was a, he was a master. He was phenomenal. But anyway, I worked a lot with clay. I worked a lot with fashioning clay. Definitely know about uh, vessels when you're on putting them on the wheel that uh, don't go as you planned, and uh, how easy it is. They can be fully formed, and yet you don't like it, or it's it does not it's not forming to the way you want it to go. Clay has a interesting characteristic. If it's mixed right and you do everything right, it'll do exactly what you tell it to do with your hands, but there's just certain times that it almost seems to have a mind of its own and doesn't doesn't go the way it should. So you just simply destroy it, start over, knock it down, re-knead it, and, and start again. I don't know if this is a- any, um, metaphorically, if, if he's speaking of the mankind before and up to the flood, that when he destroys the world and destroys the clay that he had formed and re- reforms it? I don't know. It's interesting. It just popped in my mind while I was reading that. And I'll have to do some more research. But I do know that once you fire the clay, that's it. That shape that it takes on will never change again. And, uh, and, and so he has this jar. He's taking this, these jars there in Topheth. And, and basically God says, uh, now I have to break you. I formed you, you were mine. I am the potter, you're the clay. We have that in another, another part of the Bible. And what right to you to tell the potter what to do? And, and so basically God says you, you all went after foreign worthless gods that weren't real gods. And you refused. You wanted to go to the stubbornness of your own heart. You even knew that it was wrong and decided to do it anyway. Therefore, the only thing left now is to break you. So he's to take these clay jars and break it in the front of Israel as a living pageant play for them to say, this is what God is doing to you. Very powerful, the visual image of them shattering. Now, could they come back together once they were broken? No longer as they were, interesting. Um, Again, uh, you can take this imagery as far as you want because Israel would never be the same after that. They did come back after captivity, but not, not as a unified nation, not all 12 tribes um, in the land. And um, even today, they're not as God had desired or does desire to have them as the potter. But in Christ, certainly when he comes back, they will. And there's the whole thing about dying and, and, and coming to life again. And once you die to yourself and your sins, you are, you are born anew, reformed. Put back on the potter's wheel, so to speak, and made into a perfect vessel. Uh, and I, I think that the imagery is valid, but it's so interesting that what he's what he's saying here. And some of this is repetitious. You read really go. I think we just read that already. But this has got over and over. We don't know how much time Jeremiah was prophesying this. I mean, if, how long the pause was between the chapters, so to speak. There weren't chapters back then. But each prophecy that God was giving him, obviously he didn't give him the whole book in one day. He was giving it to him in different times. And so He keep reminding them and reminding them and reminding them. God would relent if you guys would, would repent. He would, you know, change his mind and not destroy you, break you, and put you into captivity in, in Babylon. But you're not willing. Interesting. We've been having that for 2,000 years. The same warnings in the New Testament. Colossians 3, put on the new self. Verse 1, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to morality, impurity, passions, evil, desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. In them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also... Put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against one another, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Verse 18, wives... Be subject to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, so that they will not lose heart. Slaves, in all things obey those who are your masters on the earth, not in external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do... Do your work heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. As I I was mentioning, we've had these same warnings to us for 2,000 years. Here this chapter, we can see the similarities. Israel was going to go in captivity and be judged for her own decision to follow after her own heart, their own evil desires, of which was, first and foremost, idolatry, after seeking after worthless gods, which, of course, these gods permitted them, encouraged them into all forms of immorality. And what is Paul saying? Well, when you're seeking after immorality, and even including these other things, wrath and malice and lying and these other things, it's idolatry. He says it's equal with idolatry. Isn't it interesting That you could say biblically that we are doing the same things that Israel's did as as a world, as a you know unsaved culture in the world is idolat. There are idolaters. They say we don't want to serve you, Yahweh. We want to serve the false gods of the world that allow us, encourage us to do everything of the flesh, to hold critical judgment on people, to to slander people, to to lie and commit all kinds of acts of immorality to live together and not get married. I mean, I'm astounded. I'm just confused. I shouldn't be. with The number of Christians that come to church that are usually, I mean, when they're new, and they're living with somebody, and they oftentimes come and want to get baptized and want to get involved in the church. So you talk to them about, they're usually with their, their person that they're living with. And I've had to ask, I learn to ask the right questions. So how long have you guys been married? Usually the first question. And then you get that embarrassed, ah, well. Um, they'll even say this, is my husband, this is my wife. Especially in Spanish. They say, oh, really, how long have you been married? Well, we're not technically married. Oh, what does that mean? That's idolatry, according to Paul. They're saying we don 't want to follow Yahweh the way he wants. we want to follow him the way we want and and this applies as well when we decide to have a critical spirit and be judgmental and unloving and and, and lie and do all kinds of things. How interesting what does Paul say? <laughs> Put on a hard love. The whole thing is, is about love, joy, peace, gentleness patience kindness self-control all of these things these the fruit of the Spirit, we are supposed to seek after those things. And in that, we show that we follow Yahweh. We follow his commands. There's actually commands in the, in the New Testament, believe it or not. But they're commands out of a responsive love through what Christ has already done for us. All right, Charles Spurgeon. I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord, Jeremiah fifteen twenty. Stability in the fear and the faith of God will make a man like a wall of brass, which no one can batter down or break. Only the Lord can make such, but we need such men in the church and in the world, but especially in the pulpit. Against uncompromising men of truth, this age of shams will fight tooth and nail. Nothing seems to offend Satan and his seed-like decision. They attack holy firmness, even as the Assyrians besieged fenced cities. The joy is that they cannot prevail against those whom God has made strong in his strength. Carried about with every wind of doctrine, others only need to be blown upon, and away they go. But those who love the doctrines of grace because they possess the grace of the doctrines stand like rocks in the midst of the raging sea whence this stability i am with thee saith the lord that is the true answer jehovah will save and deliver faithful souls from all the assaults of the adversary hosts are against us but the lord of hosts is with us we dare not budge an inch for the lord himself holds us in our place and there we will bide forever and more and more if you follow the news youtube there are there are good people men and women being arrested for simply standing up and saying jesus loves you here's a little flyer here's a little track says jesus loves you and now it's considered hate speech and they're being arrested and it's um and when you see them arrested it's, it's it's phenomenal to see these kinds of men and women stand up and pastors in their pulpits too and saying we can't compromise the gospel the gospel says that there is one way One truth, one Father in heaven, one Son who died on the cross, and sin is sin. In the school meetings, in the universities, and now, of course, the pulpit is, like you said, is where it's being challenged the most. Get out of a church that is compromised in the teaching of the Word of God and is now accepting the woke culture, the LGTB, LGBTQ, whatever it is, culture, run. Get out of those churches. If the pastor's not willing to stand up in the pulpit and and teach and, and stand on the Word of God, then it's no longer a church. It's a social club. It is a whatever club, but it's not a church. Uh, and Paul, we can see how he was pursued by the Jews trying to kill him because he would make a stand on the Bible. See, he, they... These other people said, we don't believe the Bible teaches that. The Messiah is going to come and die for the sins of man, Then the Messiah is going to be this man, Jesus. We don't like your, your doctrine, your teaching, Paul. We're going to kill you. And, and so, but Paul would not relent. He said, this is what the Bible says. And, of course, Paul had the advantage of hanging out with Jesus for three years in the, in the, in the desert um, in some way, right? I mean, he would manifest himself to him not in the physical sense like he did when he was with the disciples around the Sea of Galilee, but he definitely was with him and he had these visions and he was taken up into heaven. So he had direct revelation, direct revelation by Jesus himself. So he had great authority to stand on about what the Bible said and God given him the ability to write it. So um, we are at that crossroads now of the mega apostate church movement And Spurgeon saw it coming, and he's saying, this is what we need. Men, women, evangelizing, teaching Bible studies, whatever it is, uh, making a stand on the Word of God, not compromising the truth. So with that, we have much to pray about. Let us um, pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning, and thank you for blessing us as we come into your presence and just get blessed by, by receiving your word. We uh, thank you for the hostage that was released, the possibility of more being released there in Gaza. We pray, God, that you would uh, make create a miracle, a way for the Israeli forces to go in and liberate them and have none of them killed. You are God of miracles, so we pray for that. We pray for an end to this war quickly. Father, we also want to lift up those people that have some very special needs right now. There's a beautiful um, Christian woman up in Alaska. We just found out about with, from Scott and Jeannie Emerald, who just lost her husband. Uh, if I understand right, was shot and died and don't know the circumstances, Father. But we agree with that family and ask for you to be comforting um, this wife and her daughter and help them, God, to uh, heal and Maybe maybe get some answers to such diff- such difficult questions on why. We all have those questions that really can't be answered, but we do want to pray for our comfort and Christian brothers and sisters to come and be around them and minister to them. And, Father, we have um, a special prayer need from our friend Luz, missionary up in Mascota, for her home situation in the States and her son and things going on up there. God, the living situation going on up there is not good. She needs to help her son do the right thing it's so difficult when we fall into relationships that are not of you and are not really blessed and and when we're not married and so her son's trying to get out of a a deep hole he dug himself into in a living situation with a woman that he had never married but is now has in his home so please just go do what you do god and will you pray for the salvation of of her son and also this woman that's in his house and for those recovering from surgery and uh, treatment, special blessing for them, God, as they need to come back to full full strength. And for the um, castor Alliance, God, for Dean's job, that thank you he has a little bit of work right now, but we do pray he gets a full time job, and he's he finds God the 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 right job that will hire him long term, and that you would help them in their decision of of where they're going to maintain their home and where they're going to live. God, just give them answers as you're healing their daughters, God. We know you're healing their daughters. Just continue the work that you've started in them. So thank you, Father, for this wonderful morning in Jesus' name. So there you go. We are in the process of I mentioned yesterday of changing the radio station over. I tried yesterday to get things up and running, but I, I, I got a big learning curve. It's a whole new program. I got a lot of music to switch out. It's going to take a while. I figured out. But do what I can. Uh, thank you. Be praying for our uh, hallelujah night coming up in a on Halloween night. Uh, we, we got a lot of work to do on that to get ready for it. Any of you guys living here in town, please uh, jump in with us. Give us a hand. But other than that, we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow, same time in the morning, and then uh, later for church in the evening. So God bless y'all. See you tomorrow.